Well, hello folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. You know who it is. It's Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty, I'm an entrepreneur. And we love all the gnats. We got all the gnats, baby. So many. They're flying around. It's We the Peeps. We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Folks, there are moments in life when something good happens. You may have forgotten what that feels like. You may have lost touch. Could you say? you You may feel that some part of your soul has died in the past year. And you're not alone. But I want to take this moment to appreciate a good thing that just happened. Yunus Musa has pledged his allegiance to the Nats. Let's fucking go, boys. That's the end of game recap. End of pod. I'm in. Did you watch this video, this reveal video? No. He's like super awkwardly talking to a laptop. (laughs) It was basically just like a Zoom call. Uh I'm I'm, I'm with it. I'm I'm glad. It was was very dramatic. Check it out. I will will check it out. Viewers, check it out. Um, Hit us up with a five-star review if you could. Uh, We'll read it on the show somehow, some way. Uh, Reach out to us on Patreon if you'd like to become a ratified peep for $5, which is worth... Uh, very, very few Eunice Bucks. Eunice Bucks are just <laughs> skyrocketing Soaring. right now. Soaring. Soaring. <laughs> uh, to the moon! So hit us with one slice, one tiny fragment of your Eunice Buck to equal $5 a month. You'll become a ratified peep. <laughs> and of course, hit us up on Twitter. We have been, you know, living this day by day on, on Twitter. We've been living our lives with you guys out there, and we appreciate all of you who are... We're active uh, with the WTP Twitter and, and keep doing it. And join us if you haven't already. It's fun to be on there. Okay. End of housekeeping. Guys, Eunice motherfucking Musa. Is, need we say more? Ty, what do you, we, let's just, let's start right here. Eunice Musa's with us. I, it's, this is one of those things. It's like, it's like when you, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like when you think you're, when you're, when you're having a good round of golf. Okay, I don't know if you've ever attempted to golf. I have very difficult, very, very infuriating sport. But it's one of those sports where you might just hit a groove for a while and you just assume it's going to end. You just assume, no, this isn't going to last. You know, In the past, I've never done well at golf. And then you get... And then you get me? A me, golfman? Golfman? <laughs> and this is one of those situations where the streak just lasted all the way through nine holes or whatever the fuck they do in golf. And we're in the clubhouse drinking beers. I think it's like we thought the the Eunice six. Yeah, it's it seemed yeah. that the Eunice Musa Around fever 26. dream was was set to end any day now. Any day now, he'll 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 play for England. We'll be done. He'll join the Black Stars. We'll be done. You know. And for some reason, he didn't. He chose us. Ty, what happened here? Well, it looks like the U.S. has critical mass of exciting young talent. And I think he recognized that we're a team where he has a chance to 
come in and make a very rapid impact to be a starter quickly. We don't have the uh, pressure associated with playing for a country like England or Italy, both of which he had the chance to play for. And the the trajectory of the team is just so exciting. And and our best 10 guys now are, are under 23. So if it makes a lot of sense that you'd, you'd want to be a part of a group where you can be a 10-year fixture in the team, get a lot of consistency. Um, the travel's kind of a pain, but uh, I think he, he just recognizes that this is something he can use to establish his stardom on the global scene. And that's a testament to all the hard work that so many people at U.S. Soccer have done over the years to gain credibility so that we'd be in this point. And that WTP pod as well. Yeah, I'll pat us on the back a little bit. I think we have like a tiny bit to do with Eunice Musa choosing the U.S. I think so too. <laughs> you know, I was like, his, it, I was in his, I was in his, oh, uh, I was on his comments. I was, I was, yeah, on you were in the comments. Exactly. The, the, and he mentioned that. Flag. He mentioned that specifically. He said that the U.S. fans were uh, like overwhelmingly warm and supportive and positive to him. There we go. And that's the kind of thing that, like, you know, the Italian fans are not going to blow up your Insta to get you to play for them. You know, that's not a thing. And and that's that is something that I, where I think we lead, like, in fan enthusiasm. Uh, we actually have a hell of a lot of. Nats fans here. People forget because it gets drowned out by the fact that our country is so large and there's so many other sports going on. But there is a, a very like vibrant, rich fan base. And, you know, you think back to that Brazil World Cup when the U.S. was the country that bought the most tickets outside of Brazil. Obviously, there are other countries, um, you know, pe- people who are fans of other countries from the U.S. who are going. But a lot of those people are Nats people. And, and so it, it, this is a, a globally recognized a credible program and it's also a fantastic opportunity. So I think uh I think I think Eunice made the right choice. Come on Let's in, baby. Oh baby. Come on in, Eunice. You did the right thing. I just wanna um just one more thing on this, because we got games on games. We really have a lot of games, games on to talk games. about. We got rosters. Um and we're gonna do that. I just wanna say that uh I just want to say before we move move on. There so for for many years there was the John Brooks, Fabian Johnson um, sort of Jermaine Jones archetype. Uh, who's the who's the um Dutch gentleman who's like the GM? I guess. Oh, Ernie Stewart. Ernie Stewart. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know a whole lot of in the, about the '90s players, but what, the vibe I get is there were decades of uh maybe two of them in which players who were eligible for other teams but were not good enough to play for them would elect to play for us. That's been a thing mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was the Serginho Dest moment. This is a landmark moment. This is the turning point. The turning point where someone is getting offered to play for a better team than us, but due to, you know, our, due to loyalty, the fact that he was identified in youth teams, youth camps by the U.S. and all the other reasons chose the U.S. That was new. That had not happened before. Um, what's normal is players leaving the U.S. at that point in their career, using the U.S. as a springboard for their youth career. I contend, So that was new, and I expected that to be the norm for, let's say, decades, maybe two of them. But something new has happened. 
because Yunus Musa did not play for our youth teams. He's full on a technicality. He's an England youth team <laughs> he's, captain. He's like not like uh, you know, he's an American to me, but the dude's not American. <laughs> like he's just not and he's he is um he he had every opportunity to play for different teams. The only reason to choose the US is that it's the best sporting decision for Eunice. That's the that's what it had to be about. There wasn't loyalty to lean on. There wasn't um it wasn't a better opportunity necessarily than, or traditionally those other opportunities would have been the better opportunity. So all I'm saying mm-hmm. is this is the first time in history when we are the better opportunity legitimately. And if you can get a slice of this pie, it doesn't matter what the context is. Folks are going to want in. People love that pie. I was looking at, uh, you know, I was just daydreaming about Fuller and Balogun as one does. And I was just thinking, like, there's no way Fuller and Balogun doesn't want a piece of that pie. He's like, why would he go play for England? Like, playing... I, I, okay, I don't want to denigrate this, because I'm sure they're very proud to play for their country. But these, like, high-pressure European nations must be a freaking nightmare to be an international for. Because there's so much pressure. The press is always on your ass. You know, the paparazzi's with you everywhere. It's this huge, like... Uh, you know, there's all this drama around the team. The coach is always getting turned over. And, like, you don't have much of a shot at, like, a long-term national team career. You know, every now and then somebody gets that. Like, a David Beckham gets to play for England for 12 years or something like that. That's yeah. so rare. Sergio and that's Ramos. not rare for the U.S. The U.S. has had plenty of players who have had a great longevity with the team and, and been able to like really make a name for themselves as a U.S. international over a long period of time. And there's just much more consistency and loyalty and sort of like a lower temperature to it all. Yet still, you can tell that this is a team that has the chance to, to win some stuff. And, and I think the, these players are sensing that and, and want to be a part of it. And it's really exciting. And, uh, you know, the, the U23 team that we're seeing is, uh, doing well-ish uh despite being really the the <laughs> c and d team roster for our actual u23 talent pool uh, and that's a that's a pretty amazing thing it's an amazing thing it's pretty cool it's been pretty cool to watch so let's talk about those we played um let's go yeah let's do this thing we played uh line up Costa boys Rica. line up pass <laughs> go line up. Hey, show. get out there no we're not we're not gonna do double lineups look at look it up online you guys, we're going to read an entire roster for, for the for the senior Nats, so to speak, in a second. Let's just talk about these games. It was one versus Costa Rica, which we won 1-0 on a Jesus Ferrer goal. By and the then skin we of just, our teeth. We just, not by the very skin of our, you know, chinny-chin-chin. Chin. We, uh, we just concluded defeating the uh, Dominican Republic. Right? We yeah. have concluded the defeating. <laughs> of the Dominican yeah. Republic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. D- DR. So, we got there. DR. Four. Four. Nothing. Same score as Mexico had against them. This U.S. team. No, we got one in. more. We got one more. Oh, we got one more. Got Thank you. Yep. So we we've defeated Mexico officially. This U.S. team <laughs> came into this on by all accounts, including ours, a pretty pretty lukewarm uh, to a pretty lukewarm reception. It didn't. It didn't inspire. Uh, you know. It, it didn't inspire, <laughs> let's, let's just say. Leave it at that. But what yeah. we're seeing, what we saw, just as a general gist, is a lot of, you know, 
a pent up energy. It sounds like from being locked inside <laughs> together, um, and a lot, a lot of names that may not be familiar to everyone. Certainly, some new names for me: Hassani Dotson, uh, who are clearly hungry for this opportunity and are, are using this as a chance to maybe get some of that pie. Ty, two wins in. Uh, the Mexico game is happening right now. If Mexico wins, we clinch uh, to the next stage or whatever. It's We're, we're in a good uh, situation. Things went well for these first two games. What were your first impressions? So yeah, Swami Jurgen will have to chime in uh, to verify if we're through or not at this point. Mexico has concluded the defeating of Costa Rica. We is through. The games were very sloppy, very unconvincing for most of them. The only period where the U.S. has really played well, you could say, would be the the goal burst against the Dominican Republic, uh, where we scored all of our goals, all four goals in the last thirty minutes of that game. So for orgy 60 fest, minutes of that bro. game, orgy fest, orgy dude, season, <laughs> dude, he, he knows how to, how to, you know, put on an event. Let, let's oh, put it baby. that way. So D, DJ, DJ orgy, orgy, we, we, the, uh, let me back up. So the U S uh, the Costa Rica match, it was super sloppy, very, um, very poorly played. I would say on both sides, there were big, big chances squandered. There were blunders at the back. So you're very clearly seeing, you know, inexperienced teams without much time to practice or to to, you know, play friendlies or anything like that. So and the U.S. team had not played a friendly going into this tournament. So the Costa Rica game was really the first time that the team had been able to play uh, full game speed together. And that showed big time. And the U.S. eventually found a way uh, through Jesus Ferreira's second golden chance of the game. Uh, to to finally score, and they did. But then from that point, it was all Costa Rica, basically. There was very little going forward for the U.S. And the U.S. really got lucky, I think. I don't I don't know if there was a XG stat for the game, but we were definitely behind on XG, uh, I would say, over the 90 minutes. And so the U.S. kind of found a way to, to squeak a win through. And, um, you know, that's great, but it's, it is concerning because it, it, the team didn't look great. And then this Dominican Republic game, you know, they looked awful for the first, in the first half. Um, they had a handful of reasonable chances, but nothing super clear. Second half, they started to pick up momentum. And then as the, the DR, um, faded with their energy, um, and the U S the U S subs came in, the U S subs really put them to the sword and, did really well. So I can't come away from it thinking that, you know, we're, we're like in great shape to win that uh, potential semifinal game to qualify for the Olympics. But, you know, sometimes you just get lucky. And if, if that ends up being the case, we get through in the first two games without ever, ever really playing that well. Um, that's, that's what you want. And we've basically gotten through the crunch game, which was Costa Rica. Ideally, the Mexico game is going to be a, um, a inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And the U.S. just has to beat either Canada or Honduras for a spot in the Olympics. And, you know, if you can't beat Canada or Honduras, you don't deserve to go to the Olympics. So 
it's setting up perfectly well for the U.S. to kind of find that rhythm at the perfect time and uh, put in a good performance uh, one week from today, next Sunday, the 28th, potentially in a semifinal. So we'll let's let's hope Swami Jurgen will uh, you know yell at me if I'm if I'm wrong, but let's hope that's that's going to be on the cards and uh, let's hope the U.S. qualifies. We hope it's on the cards. I think it's a I think it's a a tad harsh to say that they were, were awful. Like I, I was, I, I know what you mean. This was not, these were not high level soccer games in general. Uh, this was pretty, pretty ragged shit out there in, in many instances, but I was, and I have been pleasantly surprised with this group of players. I didn't have a whole, whole lot to lean on, um, and, or be excited about, but what I see is what I need to see, which is players who care about this opportunity. Um, I see a coaching staff that sees how important this moment is. Uh, I see, you know, I see some, I see our lowest tier of talent, probably, you know, Um, perhaps there's one lower, the Nick Lima's of of the world. (laughs) Uh, But I see what is with respect, our lowest realistic tier of players that are going to make the cut for, for any, you know, senior national team moment. Um, Succeeding against not necessarily the top tier, but perhaps not the lowest tier of uh, showing for these, for, for these other teams. I don't know. I'm really excited for Mexico. Um, I, I, I'm hyped for this. I don't at all, uh, th- there's no numerical situation that would make this feel like a dead rubber to me. This really matters not only because you're building momentum into the, the one and done Olympic qualifying semifinal, uh, but of course, because this is USA versus Mexico. Mexico came into this situation looking shiny and, and, uh, terrifying and, you know what? After these first two U.S. games, who knows? You know, I, 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 I could, I, I could, um, I could get behind a little bit of, uh, a little bit of hope here, and perhaps optimism that we could see a game versus Mexico on Wednesday that we enjoy. That, that, that is, uh, and maybe even dare I say it, sneak out a win and embarrass this Mexican team. That is, I think. I mean, I don't know about. I don't. I haven't talked to any of the players on the team, but just the way the broadcast has been presented to me, it feels like you know this is this is a team. This is sort of a mighty ducks situation, like coming up against a way better hockey team, and and we might surprise them. I admire that. Uh, I'm of the mindset that if if I was Jason Kreiss, I would just walk out there and concede, and get ready for for the semi. Wow. So that's that's where I'm at. I don't. I don't give a so you fuck. Don't think I'm so- I, I've been. I've watched this team fail in this fucking tournament twice in a row. I've gotten my hopes up. I've gotten invested, and it's been ripped away from me. And the yeah. only thing I care about is them winning that semifinal. I do not give a damn if they beat the Mexico U twenty threes at home. So I I I do I you don't think vibe that, with the momentum thing to a do you degree. Think that it, do you think as a coach that you'd be like this is a, this is the best practice we can get? Is there any anything? Sure, yes. But I think if you had the reasonable, if it was like within reason to just walk out and forfeit, that's what I would do. Wow. And Which I would do a lot. Of, I would do this a lot, by the way. This is a whole other thing. But if I was like Barcelona and Real Madrid, I would just forfeit to each other. 
instead of instead of wasting a bunch of energy on each other. I'll get into that on another episode. Oh my god, this is fascinating. Okay, we'll <laughs> bring this up. Later. Um, we will bring this up later. I, at the same time, um, that's so, my big tactic. Yeah, as yeah, a coach. Right, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna uh-huh. we're gonna bookmark that guy. Uh, we'll put it right next to my idea that you should sometimes clear the ball out near your own corner flag and uh, and then swarm that area and win the ball back off the throw-in. <laughs> that, that's sometimes nice. the right move. Nice. Oh, can I mention, speaking of uh, clearing the ball, so yeah. the, the, one of the biggest victories to me of the, these first two games, I have not seen a U.S. center back stop trying to pass and lump the ball up to a forward. True. That in 180 minutes, I haven't seen it happen. I have seen them uh, very frustratingly and repetitively just pass the ball back and forth between them. But I will take that over just dumping possession away, which the senior team has had the habit of doing for years and years and years. It's so frustrating. It never, ever works. Like once in 20 times, you know, it becomes a a chance for Giassi's artist to waste or something. (laughs) But the, the, the vast majority of the time when they, when the center back just like lumps it up to a forward run, it just doesn't come off and we need to learn, you know, we need to grow our, our modern style of play. And this is a big part of it. So I, I was very glad to see the U23 is kind of adhere to that methodology. Uh, it is a necessary step for the team. I'm glad Greg Berhalter has been, you know, forcing the, that harsh medicine on everybody. And I think it'll work out in the end. Yeah. It's good to see that there, that at least there is that right where the culture is developing, it's permeating, it's affecting players that we've never heard of. You know, it's it's trickling down, so to speak. I don't want to. That's a weighted term, but it so, is. <laughs> or perhaps, right, yeah. yeah, perhaps it's the perfect term because you could say it's uh, whatever grassrooting up. I forget what the the opposing opinion is. Um, Ray Hudson today during the Barcelona game said oh, that love, passing legend passing is a tactically transmitted disease. <laughs> I realize that I've become a fan of Barcelona, and it's not because of Messi, and it's not because of Dest. It's because of Ray Hudson. It's because of Ray Hudson. <laughs> He's a genius. I, does he does he write these things? Dude. Like, does he like stay up late at night just like writing what to say in different scenarios, or does he? Is it uh, just off the dome? I don't know. He ha- he must. He must. Is he also, like the best Pete, freestyler Pete in the game? <laughs> I think he repeats his hits too. You know, he, he does repeat his I've hits. I've heard sometimes, "soft yeah. as a slug's belly" more than once, which is yeah. incredible. <laughs> soft as a slug's belly. A touch, a touch, soft as a slug's belly. And every time, everything Messi does is oh, just the Ray best Hudson. thing he's ever seen. It's, it's, yeah, he's Pete he, nomination he, to Ray Hudson for uh, thinking that Dest was ready the whole time. He. You know, a lot oh, of he's Stan Dest. He's he Stan he, Dest. He's so been often. Stan Dest. He's been Stan Dest. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, this whole time. Yeah. Ray Hudson, we love Cedinho. Oh, it's He's coming fantastic. along, give him some games. What? What is, dude, what is the, isn't it incredible to turn on top level European football on a Sunday and see an American? Well, what's, By the what's way, even more incredible is that I'm realizing Dest, Tim Weah, uh, Tyler Adams, these are players who, if I was watching these teams as a neutral, 
would be the most interesting players to me on their teams. You know, in and around Weston, dude. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm beyond the, the, it has gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just wild. Like, it's, I assume that I only love them because they're Nats. And I'm realizing they're just fucking awesome. Like, this generation of players couldn't be cooler. They, they're dope. Yeah, Dest is like Danny Alves cool. He could that's his ceiling is Danny Alves, I would yeah. say. But uh, I think and, he's gonna crush that. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. We're we're getting we're getting All right, uh, so we're getting lost cocky. here. Anyways, the point the point is this. We, <laughs> which is not not what you want at an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Which this was. You don't want to be cocky or lost. Shouts to DJ Orgy. I don't know shout, if he said it. Shout out DJ enough, Orgy. DJ Orgy on the came ones in and stuff, twos. The game on the ones and twos. I think he probably got four assists, five assists on four goals. I don't know. Ish. Yeah. Something He's, like that. It, he, yeah. To f- turn the game on its head. Wishing for the best for you guys under 23s versus Mexico. I do care. Ty doesn't. And of care. course, everyone in the universe needs, <laughs> is praying for you. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Everyone in the universe is praying for you. Uh, if if have a great if, orgy, have a great orgy. If the numbers add up and you play on Sunday, if that occurs, we, we our hearts are with you guys. You know, you 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 have you you are winning new fans by the day, young young Nats. Now let's talk about the real Nats. Let's talk let's about the go. real crap Nats, the one time crap Nats, crap the nats. real transitioning out of crap Nats. We've got a Rasta. I'ma just read that. Ethan Horvath, both gloves. Chituru, oh no, no gloves, Ethan Horvath. Chituru, Odunze, and then both gloves all day. Zach Steffen, Man City's number Do we 1. have four 5. gloves for Zach? <laughs> How many gloves? <laughs> the Can you take Ederson's the gloves? undefeated Zach Steffen, Manchester undefeated. City goalie. 10 and 0, baby. <laughs> Never, zero saves. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it seems true. Yeah, I, um, I'm also undefeated for Man City. <laughs> I just kind of stand around and... I have never yeah. missed a save for Man City. Ever. Yeah. Okay. Defenders. John Brooks. Come on in. John Brooks <laughs> defeating Jazz Sargent's Verda Bremen this weekend. Fantastic. Uh, we've got Reggie Canon. Josh Sargent defeated Werder Bremen this weekend with a <laughs> sweet own goal. Dude, yeah. Yes, bro. And also, uh, Brooks almost had an own goal. Cl- was close to an own goal at one point. Oh, I was like, is it possible that this is going to be a draw? All that's draw? Yeah. It's <laughs> not goals the only? fastest two own goals in U.S. <laughs> National Team history. Oh, God. It's the okay. closest to two own goals. Okay. Sorry. I'll it keep is going. the most. Yeah, Nobody can most understand mad. this episode. Yes. <laughs> Okay. All right. No one can understand. We've, we've right already now. got like seven teams we're discussing By and players who aren't on the gibberish. Teams. Okay. We've we've accessed. I'm going to let truth. Clayton go. Okay. You, okay. You go let me it. do this as fast as I can. Serginho Dest, Aaron Long, Matt Miazga, Eric Palmer Brown. Come on in. I've been I've been watching your all touch videos, my guy. Love you. It's coming along. Coming along. Tim Ream. Okay. Uh, Brian Reynolds. Why not? Let's do it. Roma's latest. Has he start? Has he made an appearance for Roma yet? He's been in squad. I don't know if he's played. All right, we're good. I know Chris, he, he played. He played. He came off. Okay. The okay. Awesome. Beautiful. Exciting. Exciting. I was waiting on that. Chris Richards, Hoffenheim's greatest, the greatest center back of all time, Chris Richards, <laughs> and of course Anthony Robinson. Uh, and then in the midfield, we've got Brendan Aronson, the reddest bull, 
uh, maybe second reddest bull, only to Tyler Adams, the reddest bull, who is also with us. <laughs> We've got Kellen Acosta for some reason. No. Luca De La Torre, let's go. Sebastian Letjet, to Letjet, to let go. Cannot quit you, Sebastian <laughs> Letjet. Uh, Eunice Musa, come on jet. in. To Letjet. <laughs> Eunice Musa. Eunice Musa. Da, 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 da. And the, 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 the center midfield pairing I, I have of my dreams, Eunice Musa and Owen Odesoe is also with us, oh folks. Goodness. Oh, God, let's just have Brains them. and brawn. They play whatever position they want, the two of them. They just go around, everyone moves around them. Okay, forwards. We've got Barnsley's greatest forward of all time, Daryl Dyke. It's your, it's your boy. It's your boy, Daryl Dyke. $20 million, the $20 million man, Daryl DK. We've got Nicholas Joachini, Christian Pulisic. Suddenly... Somewhat, the, the uh, you know, the, I think the porcelain could use a little bit of a, a shine and sheen on the the porcelain okay. prints, uh, but he he is and always will be uh, the 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 vanguard of the of the the crap nats. Christian Pulisic. Then we've got Gio Reyna. Give me something for Gio Reyna. Boy wonder. The boy wonder. I love Gio Reyna. The well, most, he, isn't he the Robin most, to Holland's? He's Robin. <laughs> he's Robin. He's also the nattiest nat ever. But just he's. Yeah, he's been, it he feels was, like he's been around forever. He's got he was born, two caps. He's he was 18 born years Nat. old. He was born, born Nat. Nat. Yeah, born exactly. Nat. The, the boy who would be king. <laughs> and then we've Gio got, Reyna. of course, Josh Sargent and, and my fave for days, Tim Weah. Okay, Ty, upon hearing this, Ross Stair, we're going to play a game. It is versus Jamaica. It is on Thursday, March 25th. Watch it. What are your first impressions on this roster? So... I'm excited to see the the full Nats together. I think for the most part, it's all the players you'd want to see, though I will uh, echo what Swami Jurgen just said. And uh, unfortunately, Tim Weah, Tyler Adams are not here. Oh, God. Uh, due to COVID restrictions in their countries of uh, of of work. So they, they can't make it. So we're not going to get to see... A full strength U.S. team again for the billionth time. We haven't seen that since the Trinidad game. Maybe I mean, really being realistic with all the uh, the Saruman, the full Saruman era was always flawed and limited, and so I, I feel like we just, it's just been so long since we've actually said, yeah, this is the team. So we, we always have these caveats going in, but I, I certainly like what I see. I don't see any, you know, huge omissions or anything uh, taking into account all the COVID stuff. Um, <clears throat> and what's really exciting to me is seeing some of these U23s who we had hoped to see in the U23 uh, qualifying pool, but who couldn't make it because of COVID restrictions, uh, being able to join these games because these games are in Europe. So guys like um, Luca De La Torre, uh, Brendan Aronson, obviously, would have been great to have on that team. Eric Palmer-Brown, uh, even Chris Richards, potentially, though I don't think he would have gotten released. Um, so this is, we get to see some of this caliber of player that that we are missing in this U23 tournament. And if the U23s can squeak through without them, all the better. It'll be great to see them with the, with the full Nats. Uh, and there's tons of talent here that I've been really excited to see for a long time. So first off, um, no Mark McKenzie? Is there a reason for that? I don't know. And to be honest, like, make this squad and 
Mark McKenzie doesn't. I don't understand. I don't know, and I I'm like I don't even bother really to analyze the decisions with these rosters because of the scenario. It's just like yeah. so uh, like out of you know the normal bounds of uh, of of roster building. So I I have no idea what machinations there are to get get players released and things like that. And um, so you know mainly what I'm looking at are individual performances as always, and then also you know will will the team be able to adapt to to Burhalterism? and and implement a reasonably coherent consistent game plan um and i think yeah i mean there's a lot of guys here you know musa would be great to get more minutes on even even to see sergeant play with some of these uh newer additions to the team that would be really exciting he's having also a brand a new josh sergeant yeah it's, a, it's an all new josh baby it's he's back he scores josh. for both teams now <laughs> yeah. he just can't stop <laughs> he scoring. can't stop he can't um, stop he's josh sergeant daryl dk daryl dk get in now. there so let's do let's do so we're gonna play jamaica we're gonna play ireland so 25th 28th uh how about we do, let's do our 11. Let's do a w, WTP 11. Here. I love and it. I'm, I was about to suggest start, the same. Yeah, this, we don't care what Berhalter thinks. This is, you know, we, we take, we're going to take the roster and just do whatever well, we want. And hopefully it's what Berhalter you listens, you know. So, well, apparently, he really takes apparently some people do. I, Alexi Lawless, bro, if you are listening to the show right now, I heard you start saying, you know him, you love him recently. Mm. And I saw you, I saw you do a stock rising segment at halftime mm. uh, recently after we did a stock rising, stock falling. What's I'm next? Did you report Alexi? If you, dude, if you, Alexi, if you are listening, all I ask, I'll, I'll never bring this up again. Just come on the show. Come on the show. Yeah, come on the show. Take the but ideas and say, run. Well, the Cooligans at the beginning of the show, Alexi Lawless says that the Cooligans are the most important people in U.S. soccer. I think, right? So yes, something like. I that. think Alexi has to say that we're more important than the Cooligans. <laughs> you, Alexi, we just need you to <laughs> send not, us a voice memo I'm that not, says you know, I was wrong about the Cooligans. Right, right, exactly. I was wrong about the Cooligans. <laughs> Nothing against the Cooligans. But I just realized that it's actually WTP pod. Then we'll be good. Then you can take love, the ideas Love those and guys. Love All those right. guys. I'm just right. kidding. Love you. We're totally kidding. Love you, Lexi. If you need ideas, if you, <laughs> I'm, I, I got hours, bro. If you need, if you need ideas, help, yeah. I got ideas, bro. We could put us you on a very modest retainer. Very modest. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like this. Okay. Uh, Embarrassingly Hunter, modest. We would accept. <laughs> So modest. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Berhalter, I hope you're listening about? close because we're about to solve all your problems. First off, I'm going to start us off okay. with a with a proposal. <clears throat> it seems obvious to me with the Serginho Dest-Anthony Robinson situation that we should be playing three in the back. I'm against it. I'm just... Why? I just Because it, it so rarely works out. We've we've been like there a lot over the course of this show. It, it, for us in general, I just think four three three. Keep it simple and just play okay. a six who can who can split the center backs and then make a five when it makes sense. All right, four three three. Um, Zach Steffen, a million gloves, of course. How many gloves did we bring? Give them all to Zach. <laughs> yeah. Easy. That 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 Horvath Steffen battle uh, really took a turn. Oh my God! Yeah, that. Definitely, uh, definitely separated, separated out. Okay, so Zach Steffen's back there being Zach Steffen. Wonderful. 
Center backs. Uh, gotta be, let's see, let me try first and then I'll let yeah, you, you go first. change yeah. it. It's gotta be Brooks. I mean, WTP pod, Brooks Richards. Of course it's Brooks Richards. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Oh, get in, boys. Get yeah, in, Chris boys. Richards is, he is ready. He was ready. He just didn't have the chance to show it. He done been ready. It's crazy how fast he looks now that he's not on Bayern Munich. <laughs> he, <laughs> he looks like so fast. He seems so slow. He's not playing next to uh, Alfonso Davies. <laughs> David like, Oliva. Yeah, David Oliva. Yeah, it's that you're totally right. Yeah, he's he's sharp, he's incisive, he's aggressive, and he's so technical and smooth. Oh God! God, I love you, Chris Richards. He's crushing the game. He's a man. Yeah, he's ready to do it. This uh, is this is the loan spell we were talking about with with Uliana's last episode. He got loaned out of the big team, and he just played. End of discussion. And um, and Jerome Boateng is uh, seemingly on his way out, so it sets the stage next next year for uh, Richards to maybe actually crack that team. Well, that would be pretty special. Left back, right back, Des Robinson. Yep. Move on. Move on. Let's move on. Uh, we have to take a six that can slide back into that center back to allow Dest and Robinson. Robinson in particular is the one we need to we need more allowances for. I would say we're concerned about. Um, yeah. Tyler Adams, six. Well, he he he's not here. Oh fuck! Yeah, thank you. So, I keep doing. It. I just keep doing it. Okay. Yeah, um, well, it's easy, easy mistake to make. So, so second best, uh, maybe uh, in contention, not far away from being a totally viable alternative to Tyler Adams is Owen Odesoe in that position. Yes, not 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 at all a comparable player to Adams, but very capable of playing that role and has played both center back and uh, defensive midfield for the Wolves youth teams. So then I guess we got to go I this we this is uh, this is gets a little tricky. Eunice Moose is pretty obvious. Um yeah. but is it Legette or Aronson for you? It's Aronson for me all day, but you know, I think Legette might be the smart choice uh for a little more experience and muscle in the in the midfield. I think Musa Aronson is definitely a light um pairing as your attacking midfielders. So yes, I could also see Lejet at the six, but I, I want to see Yoda. So if it's if it's me, I just roll the dice because you know it's a friendly and and who cares and and let's see some some slick passing movement. So Odisoe would be receiving his first cap, correct? Uh, I think second cap. Second cap. He, okay. He's gotten like a couple you know garbage time minutes in one of the games. Okay. So we've got a. Um... So we're going to go with Legette in this case. So it's Odisoe, Eunice Musa, Sebastian Legette. And then that's up a front. That's, that's a midfield a I would midfield. like to club with. That? Oh my God. Okay, let's, yeah. let's, can we just like divert this plane from Wiener Neustadt and head to Ibiza? Yeah, see what Paris Hilton's up to. Um, yeah. Sebastian Legette, he's just, you know, it's a lot of hair gel. So much hair gel. I th- I suspect him to. I feel. I just have a feeling he's actually kind of a kind of like boring a little bit, or just 
Like he strikes me as someone who's like really dots his, his eyes. He's just a nice guy. T's. He's a nice guy. guy. He did everything right in life. You know, the world doesn't Jim deserve Sebastian Legit. <laughs> wonderful man. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Kellen Acosta might be fun to, to go to the club with. I don't know. Who knows? I'm down. I feel like I'd rather like play Scrabble with Kellen Acosta. <laughs> That's just the vibe. I want, I want Kellen Acosta's business advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Up front, we got to have three. Investor. We got to yep. have three. One of them's the porcelain prince, Christian Pulisic. Yes. Lock it in. Then it's got to be, it gets a little tougher there. Um, what are you doing here? We, I'm looking at DK, Reyna, and Sargent, right? Yeah. Joe Akini yes. a cut below, for sure. Well, and jo- Joe Akini also COVID restricted. So it's Sibichu. COVID restricted. So I'm, I'm excited to see Sibichu for as, as a sub. But I want Daryl DK, Bull in a China Shop, the uh, superhuman Nat, who may be the missing piece uh, of this technical uh, and small team. So I want to see Daryl DK in there. And then I think Sargent has to, has to ride some pine and, and Reyna is better at playing on the wing uh, as we've seen a million times for Werder Bremen. So sorry, Josh, uh, there's a new kid in town. I think Daryl DK very well could be the, uh, the answer. Is Daryl DK the Clint Dempsey we've been looking for? The the player that you slept on that didn't get a whole lot of love in the youth teams, went through college. Is he a Clint Dempsey? I don't know. I, I think he's I mean, exploding totally much players. faster. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it's true. Like I I mean, you know, Clint Dempsey was rookie of the year, so can't say that. But yeah, it's a very, very different player, but maybe a similar trajectory. And um I just think he's got like what he has that Dempsey doesn't is uh, like overt elite skills, you know, like DK is just, he's, he is like you, the, the uh, concept of like a five tool player in, um in baseball, you know, he's like a, a video game player where you turn up all the, all the numbers up to 99s. Cause he's got everything. He's like intelligent and quick and large and strong and everything you can ask for. So he's he's definitely got work to do to to be his best DK, but I've just been nothing but impressed, and uh, I just yeah I, I I feel like it's what the team has been looking for is this this central piece to to finish off these moves. You know we've so, had some of these games where the they've been able to zip the ball around. I think like the the game they played against Wales was like this, where it was like Jesus Christ, somebody <laughs> finished the fucking play, <laughs> and like yeah, Gio Kini came on and scored two goals, and you know it's a so you you just need somebody to take charge and smash the ball in the net, and I think that's going to be DK. When it comes to Daryl DK, I think it's the biggest concern I have is the is the punt the ball to to, to the big man situation. So I would love yeah, to see to more. Detrain to, everyone. You yeah. do, and just like you, just the 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 neuron pathway of like <laughs> seeing Altador and just ripping it, you know, <laughs> that's got to change. And, and having a DK in there makes that tougher to not do, I would say, as Barnsley <laughs> is making very clear. Uh, it's yeah, an exactly. option. It exactly. is an option to pump the ball option. up to this guy. It's yes. an option. And uh, especially for John Brooks. I mean, John Brooks is, he is the punter extraordinaire. So I 
I feel like uh, that could actually be like a reasonable connection. Um, but Chris Richards has never hit the ball farther than than 20 yards. So I I, I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, yeah. seeing, seeing it, if the U.S. can maintain the, Chris, the system the way, and the philosophy. Yeah, the way Chris Richards passes looks like he's playing on ice. It's like, bro, it's yes. so smooth. It's so smooth. It it's looks crazy. like, yeah, yeah, it looks like, like simulated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then other people play and you realize there are flaws in the universe. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. Entropy so, exists. <laughs> we're going with DK, <laughs> Reyna, Polisic. I, um, who do you think of the starting 11 we just mentioned is sort of needs this the most or needs, needs the best needs to play well, or, you know, who do you, who do you think has the most, um, at stake for their performance in this friend? Well, I think Gio, Gio has been going through some tough times lately. He has. And I, it has not yeah. been coming together for him. So I don't think he's going to be harmed if he doesn't do well for the U.S., but I think it could be kind of a springboard for him to recover his form that he had earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, he's a young player. He's going to go through ups and downs. Polisic did at that age as well. Um, but, you know, Arena, I think, is remains the most talented, highest ceiling prospect in the whole pool. And uh, so he just, you know, needs needs more chances to to work through stuff. Uh, but for everybody else, I mean, I just I feel like this is just all upside. You know, if we if we were to you know have a freak loss to this Jamaica team or whatever, I don't, I don't think it's really going to matter. I think the the most important thing is just to developing that chemistry. And you know, now that you went through it, like there's no Weston, presumably some COVID thing, and there's no no Adams, right? But the team is like kind of close to a real, you know, first choice. Uh, 11 wouldn't you think it's pretty close the one we just described although we're like definitely gonna see you know reggie Cannon, oh yeah kellen acosta kellen acosta center back yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah the, the team we just mentioned is is pretty close the the i think the key the thing that makes it feel that way is Yunus musa you know without Yunus musa in the midfield it's kind of like who are these guys Fair though, Brendan Aronson. I know he's coming. Little up. fishy I slept report. So I hard. forgot him. Oh, I forgot. So yes, we should do the Brendan Aronson thing. But it just reminds me because Brendan Aronson and Sam Vines, I remember them getting their first cap on the same day. Maybe I remember that wrong, but it came into Around my the same mind yeah. at the same time. Both totally un uninterested. I was I I got nothing out of that experience the first time around. And Sam Vines in these under twenty three Olympic qualifying games, fantastic. he is better. He's better than other under twenty three year old players. He's he is he the 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 growth that has occurred in the past year with this player, and that brings me back to Brendan Aronson because it's true for both of them. I mean, the things we're seeing Brendan totally. Aronson do just don't look like things he could do a year ago. Yeah, Vines is the only guy from that U twenty three team that I'm immediately putting into a twenty three for the. The senior team, hell yeah! As a yeah. as a backup, uh, you know, yeah. we, we're we're all of a sudden full up at at fullback. But um, Vines is a player I, I, I I'm continually impressed by just the lack of mistakes, the cleanliness of his touches, and his his uh, his courage, I guess, in just seeing the ball and hitting the ball, and not trying to make it perfect, but just hitting like a 
super solid cross first time every time. Um, especially in the modern game with these the you know systems of, of fullbacks getting really high up the field and being really the the uh, the the outlet for for width for teams, he's just perfect. So I I could see him in Europe tomorrow uh, doing well for a Bundesliga team or even a an English team. Absolutely. So I, yeah. Yeah, I I hope that happens. Um and then who else did you say? Sorry. Brendan Aronson. Oh yeah, Brendan Aronson. Yeah. So he's he's uh he went to Salzburg. It wasn't clear if he how much time he would get. I think in like his first start he had a goal and an assist and then he's just rolled on from there. So I think he has like 10 starts in a row now for Jesse Marsh. It's obviously a favorable you know, coach um, situation there for an American, and he's just blowing people away. He's doing he's doing Salzburg things. The challenge there is, you know, when you when you're Salzburg, you don't have to compete. Um, you don't have to you know dig deep and defend a whole lot, and that's definitely his his uh, weak spot. So he's a, he's a player that needs to be supported by the team around him, as we were just discussing with this. You know, even thinking of a roster like this, can you put him and Musa in the same midfield and not not suffer um, defensively? So I think you know you have to you have to take that into account. But he's shows the potential to be a transcendent ten, um, which is a player we've never really had. And when we've had something similar like a Benny Failhaber, we've wasted them <laughs> or a Sasha question. It just has, it is, he is. It just, That's it's like such a, a good team, player. The U S is so bad at like integrating properly into a team. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He has the, he has it in him to be a good defender. I think. Um, yeah. He, at least he has, useful. The, he has the mentality. I mean, yeah. And Benny, Benny was too. And so Sasha question was too. I mean, I feel like he's just going to be the second coming of those players. Like you're, you're seeing like the respawn, of of several of our players like Donovan into into Pulisic you know and and it's it's just uh it's it's cool to see like they they have a much better um sort of platform you know to to grow from they they might be even equivalently talented but just the addition yeah. of like all those advantages counts yeah, for yeah. so much like Phil Hopper having to scrap through the uh the you know Derby County and and playing in in Nordic countries and things like that, as opposed to Brendan Aronson having kind of the red carpet rolled out for him for like a pipeline straight into RB Leipzig potentially and then and then on from there. So okay, um, we are we we are reaching time. You were a little you know I I said the name Serginho Dest and Danny Alves in the same sentence earlier today. And uh, you were a little, you know, not not yet sold. And I understand that. Part of where I'm coming from is I recently went back and watched a certain player (laughs) at the same age as Gio Reyna. This player was at Mm -hmm. the same age as Gio Reyna playing on the other side of the field uh, in, in the same position was a little better than Gio Reyna, I would say. Just on highlight highlight reels. A little better yeah. than Gio Reyna. Who do you think this play, the player is that I'm talking about? I, I think you're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. Good guess. Incorrect. Even Plays even more like Gio Reyna. 
Kaká. Neymar. 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 Watch the Neymar Santos highlights. When Neymar burst onto the scene, he's doing things that he looks a little better than Gio Reyna. Not gonna lie. I'm not trying to get too crazy <laughs> here. But when I say a little better, I mean a little better. Like he looks a little better than Gio Reyna, but it's not like the gap is not that far. So when I say Serginho Dest and Danny Alves in the same sentence, I really, I'm serious about that. I think these players are like, I absolutely think that Sergi, I, I will go back, do my due diligence and watch Danny Alves at Serginho Dest's age and do a little compare and contrast. But the gaps, the, the dude is very young and very, very good. I fully agree. I have a, I have kind of a complex where like when I watch the Nats, I see all the mistakes because I'm like, ah, oh, that's the thing that's going to get them benched and, you know, they're never going to see the field again. And, um, they get the benefit of the doubt now and they're, they're getting, you know, coaching that is supportive and, uh, and teaching them, you know, to get through these moments, which, which Americans of old have not gotten. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's going to make all the difference. So I, I, I believe that uh, Reyna's ceiling is Ballon d'Or winner. I don't know if I'm there for Dest yet um, or any of the other players in the pool, really. But I, I, don't, I don't really, uh, I don't think there's any reason we need to limit ourselves because these guys are at the forefront of the European pipeline. Like if you look at the best, you know, U21 right backs in Europe, Sergio Dest is that, right? So there's no... There's no reason to um, restrict what they could potentially do. Indeedy, dude. We have made it. Uh, I I believe that we have made it to the promised land, but we will see. Who knows? We will we'll find out. By the way, Danny Alves never in contention for Ballon d'Or winner. Wasn't saying that, but well, I mean, you know, that's that's apples to oranges. But Gio Reyna. Giorena. If, if I did you make know, that if, if you you made the Neymar comparison, and Neymar has been yes. shortlisted. So yes, right. I think All he's right. I think he's going to be there. He's going to be at that gala in a in a awkward tux with his beard. Yeah, so like think Gareth Bale. You know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Gareth Bale okay. is fl- the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too bad that it went that way, huh? What happened? Uh, what happened to rough. Gareth Bale? Tifo. Too much golf. <laughs> Folks, I love it uh, when a plan comes together. I, I, I try to make plans come together, and they don't always uh, do so, and it is what it is. But no. sometimes they do come together, and it's wonderful. I don't love golfing, but I do love drinking and walking at the same time. <laughs> and hitting. <laughs> and hitting. And cursing. <laughs> and riding ti- and steering tiny <laughs> steering wheels. Try driving small cars. <laughs> Remember you you almost tipped over a golf cart when we were kids. I don't know if you Oh remember. my god. You were skidding. Yes, I do. You were skidding. No, I hit, I think I hit one into a tree in China. <laughs> Okay, you should have never trusted us with nice things. Uh, And I also like anything Bluetooth. All Bluetooth. Get on in here, Bluetooth. Add a a higher noise floor to all of my audio. We love it. We love it, Bluetooth. Keep it going. But I don't love (laughs) any of that stuff as much as I love the Nats. Let's go. Goodbye, people. Goodbye. 